I love what Max just said. We want to create a culture that really advances and pushes forth the kingdom of God. And what God has given us is gifts. And we've been speaking on gifts for quite a while. And I want to kind of wrap this up to a point where next week, when Mark and Julie Morris are here, they're from the United Kingdom. Uh, I believe they're from Wales. Is that correct? And, and they're just a hoot to talk to. They're just simple, down-to-earth, yet on fire people that came to this country to light our pants on fire for Jesus. And I'm excited about that. So they'll be here Friday night, they'll be here Saturday night, and they'll be here Sunday sharing with us. And my heart is, is that they will activate the very things that we've been talking about. Teresa opened the ball a few weeks ago when she talked about every one of you has a gift. And you need to employ that gift for the master's use, right? And, and so let's go to the word this morning. And I want to wrap this up to a point, And I want to finish talking about some of the gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 is a classic passage that a lot of people go to when they talk about gifts. But Paul is talking about unity. He's talking about maturity in the body of Christ. How do we come together and how do we grow up? What did God provide for us so that we could do that as a tribe and as a family and not be just all running around doing our own thing? That would be catastrophic. But God brings us together for a purpose. And this is what Paul says, starting in chapter 4, Ephesians verse 1. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Every one of you sitting in this room have been called by God to serve him and his kingdom. Amen? How, how many know that? Good, good. Be completely humble and gentle. Okay, all right. Be patient. Oh, no. Bearing one another in love. No, not that. I have to put up with this person. Yes, you do. And you have to serve them out of a place of humility. Are you kidding me? Hey, if you want to grow up, if you want to mature in Christ, there's a few things you need to do, okay? And one of them is, it's time to grow up. It's time to become what God has called you to be. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's tough. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to, to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. But yet, here it is. God gave us something to make all of this work. He gave us something to bring all of this together because it says in verse seven, but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. But to each one of us grace, that's that word charisma. That is the ability, grace is the ability to manifest the presence of God in some way, fashion, or form. God has given each one of us that ability if you only believe that. All of the gifts are activated by faith. God has given us the ability to manifest his grace in all kinds of situations, right? 
and he wants to use us. There is no plan B, C. We are the plan. We are the ones that God chose to manifest his presence in this life to everyone around us. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that. And then he says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. Every single one of you have been given a gift by God, that he has given you the grace to manifest that gift, to make it move out, to make it come forth in some way, shape, or form that is uniquely you. Every single one of us. All of the supernatural gifts, and we've studied this for quite a while, all of the supernatural gifts are demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's power. And they, they are given to us to help others as well as, and we forget, ourselves. Right? Last week, I kind of ended with talking about how there's three categories of spiritual gifts. We spent a lot of time talking about the gifts that you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've, the, the gifts that uh, Paul calls the manifestation of the Spirit. We've spent a lot of time talking about those gifts. So I want to move on to the two other categories that we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about. And then I want to wrap it up with something that I think is the most important thing to always remember. But again, I wrote last week and shared last week, it's most generally accepted by most biblical scholars that there are three categories of gifts. There are the manifestation gifts. Those are the nine gifts of the Spirit that God will manifest through us if we're simply that vessel. And, and it's, those, it's that word of wisdom. It's the word of knowledge. It's the word of faith. It's the word of healing. God just manifests those through us if we're a vessel that says, God, here I am, use me. We move into a situation, we come up on a scene where an accident has happened, and, and, and it's like, Father, I, I'm a vessel. I want to be used by you. And right now, I need a lot of faith to believe that when I put hands on this person, something's going to happen. And if we move from that place of faith, God honors that. And faith begins to flow through our hands into that person, into that situation, whatever the case may be. But if you're hung up on only one gift, I only flow in this one gift, it doesn't work. Again, we've said it time and time again, the most important gift is the only one that's needed at that moment. So if you make yourself available to be used by God, he will use you in all kinds of different ways, okay? So we've talked about the manifestation gifts a lot. That's that word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the word of faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, the distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits, speaking in kinds of tongues, and being able to interpret those kinds of tongues. But listen, it's commonly thought that, it's commonly thought in some circles that, that if, if I only minister in a way that these gifts apply to just others, then we're limiting the grace of God because they apply to us as well. Think about it in terms of this. You ever gone into a situation where you're like, Holy Spirit, I need some help here. I don't understand a clue about what they're talking about. I need some wisdom. And what does the Holy Spirit do? By faith, you ask, and then the Holy Spirit begins to download wisdom. I remember one time uh, I was working on a, on a chair lift, lift wheelchairs going into a van, and this person was having trouble with it, and I pulled this panel off, and it was like 900 of the same looking, same colored wire, same solenoids that operated all this. Usually things are color-coded, a little easier to follow, 
looking at this going, man, this, and I'm pretty good at that stuff, and I'm trying to troubleshoot this, and I'm getting nowhere. And I remember just praying, Heavenly Father, I need wisdom. I want to help this person. I need wisdom to figure out how this works. It's either that or called Dan Williamson. The guy's a genius at that. <laughs> so I remember going to bed that night, and I woke up the next morning, and right as I woke up, I had this vision of what wire went where and why it wasn't working. And they were all the same color. So God gave me the ability to repair that chair lift so that I could bless somebody else. That's how that works. The gifts aren't just, these nine gifts of the Spirit aren't just for us to help others. They're for us as well. When you're having a bad day at at Black Rock, there you go. This is what happens when you have too much caffeine before you preach. You're like, (laughs) hello, boys and girls, this is Mickey Mouse. (laughs) You're up there and you're like having a bad day at Black Rock. It's okay to ask God for help. It's okay to ask God to increase your faith or give you wisdom or maybe even a prophetic word to bless somebody with. It's okay. But you can also do it for yourself as well. Amen. You ever had, felt like you were just really down and you just felt like you needed a word of encouragement and you just, you're being honest and God honors that cry of the heart. And then someone calls you and says, hey man, I really appreciate it or I love you. Or, you ever had that happen to you? It's wonderful. So don't be afraid to ask. Let's move on. Second category, ministry gifts. I love this part because this is so in my wheelhouse. The ministry gifts I wrote here are the way God works with what believers do. I'll say it again. The ministry gifts are the way that God works with what believers do, what they do to serve and to meet the needs of others. Okay? It's how we minister or administer, you could say, the love, the grace, and the truth of God to others that are around us. 1 Corinthians 12.5 says this, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And the Bible provides this really healthy list, I believe, of ministering gifts and their purpose. And one of the classic ones we go to, again, is Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. Now, before we go too far in this, I'm not here to speak about the fivefold ministry. I'm gonna bounce off it, because that is an important part of who we are and how God set up the government of his church. It says, in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and he gave some to be apostles, These are the gifts that God gave to the church. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So all of these fivefold ministries that I mentioned here are given to the church for one reason, to serve the body of Christ, to equip the saints for the work of service. And when it comes to the fivefold ministry, I believe that there are some apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers, but I think sometimes we overemphasize these gifts, and I think we do to a point we kind of miss the point. And it's like, let's just stop it. I believe that within this room here, there could be all of these gifts functioning. We not, may not be like, I would honestly feel and feel free to say, Bill Johnson, I see him as an apostolic leader 
in our area and in our district. I'm not saying he's the man. I'm just saying his heart, if you know Bill and spent any time talking to him, which we've had that opportunity, he has such a precious, generous, giving heart. And it's all about equipping others, equipping others. You are more important than he is. And you feel that when you're in, you're in his presence and he's sharing with you. He's giving you all the tips and the insights on how to thrive and survive and go beyond as a believer in Christ. Same thing with the prophets. When I meet a person who operates in a high level of prophecy, I always look for humility too. And when I see that person that who's walking in humility, it blesses my heart because they're here to serve the body of Christ. So the fivefold ministry is not here to lord over you. It's not here to control you. It's not here to, to just make you miserable. Man, they're here if they really walk in that anointing. They really walk in that gift. They're here to encourage all of us to where we move together and become one in the faith and we all begin to rise up and become an expression of Jesus where the world will go, look at them. Look at that, those people. Look at that tribe. Look at that person. The word also goes on to say, and I'm going to say why, and then it says, so that we may no longer be children. That's why these gifts are out there. We may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness in, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, Paul goes on, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, which is... <clears throat> which it is equipped with each part is where it, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Again, the fivefold ministry is here for serving us so that we become who God's calling us to be. It really is a serving and equipping. And when I see people operating in these gifts or say they do and they're trying to press down on us, I, I don't go there. I, can't, I don't have a hard time even wanting to honor that. But when I see them coming along and want to support and lift us up, I'm all in. Totally all in. We could break down what the apostolic ministry does, what the prophetic ministry We could break that all down, but we've done that in the past. So let's move on. Because there are some gifts that are beyond the fivefold ministry. In fact, when you look at gifts that God has given to men, the, 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 the word, some people say, well, no, there's only nine gifts. No, when you look, there's over 20-some, maybe 30 gifts and the longer you serve the Lord, you begin to realize that that person walks in a really unique gift. Their ability to bless, and I'll explain this in a moment, their ability to transfer their faith to my faith is phenomenal. How do they do that? It's a gift. Let's go on. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Paul adds a couple gifts to the list. He says, <clears throat> there's gifts for helping and there's gifts of leadership. In verse 28, he says of 1 Corinthians 12, 28, he says, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, the apostles. Second, the prophets. Third, the teachers. And then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, and those who can help others. Huh. Huh. There's a helping gift. That's interesting. And those who have the gift of leadership. Wow, that's a gift? Absolutely, it's a gift. We're going to get there in a moment. We're going to talk about talent versus spiritual gifts, okay? We'll get there in a moment. The gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. So we see here that God graciously empowers all of us to help one another in some form or fashion by his spirit. 
1 Peter reminds us of this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. It says, as each has received a gift. So how many of here have received a gift? All of us. Everyone's hand should go up. And you may not know that, but God has anointed you with a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Does it say use it for your own service? No. The gift was given to you to serve others. It says whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Again, the ministry gifts that are listed in the word of God are the way that God works and what believers do. It's how we serve and how we meet the needs of others. It's really about equipping the saints. It's about growing uh, all of us up. It's about how we minister or administer, again, the love, the grace, and the truth of God to all of those around us, okay? I'm just hitting the high marks. It's like I'm throwing a rock and I'm just hitting the high spots. We could go so deep in this, but right now we're not because I'm excited about what God's gonna do next week. Really excited. The third category is motivational gifts. This is where it gets, even to me, even more interesting. The motivational gifts I wrote here are how the spirit of grace moves through us, it, it, how it motivates us in our words and our actions. It's kind of like, like you could look at it as a filter that we're given, or a perspective of, and, and, and that shapes how we relate and how we serve others around us, okay? Paul lists seven of the motiv- motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12. So go to Romans chapter 12 to verses six through eight. And again, we're just hitting the high spots. Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Grace is the ability to manifest the presence of God in some way, shape, or form. All of us have truly been given that ability, okay? You have to understand that. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. We have some amazing prophetic voices in this church that operate in the simple gift of prophecy. They get a word from the Lord. They may not understand what it means, but they know it's for whoever. They take it from the box they received it in. They're simply the UPS FedEx guy. Then they take that word over and they hand it to somebody. And then they get to open the package and they get to hear from God. That's exciting. If it's serving, then serve. We have some incredible serving hearts in this church. I just look at people that are the unsung heroes that are doing things behind the scenes that you don't see. It's amazing what people do. And, And then you add the ministry of Vineyard Christian School to this and what goes on behind that. That's amazing. It's amazing to me how generous people are when they understand that I have this gift and I just want to use it. I just want to serve people. It's awesome to see that. If it is teaching, then teach. I brag on you guys all the time about how many of you are so qualified to teach and to preach and to share. You are. People are jealous of what we have in this house in terms of maturity and people being able to speak and to share. It's amazing to me. Then give encouragement 
If your gift is encouragement, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. We have a lot of great encouragers in this church, don't we? We do. If it is giving, then give generously. You guys, listen to the Brazil story. You heard it. You guys gave over the moon, over the moon, crazy good, to that ministry. Like I said, when you're having a bad day at Black Rock, <laughs> so let's move on. Third category, motivational gifts. Again, I said the motivational gifts, we've been talking about this, Romans 12, and we got to the end. If, if it is giving, they give generously. It's amazing how generous this church has been. In the past, down in Brazil, we raised almost $140,000 to build a boat that became a medical boat. And I'm excited to see what Clyde and Kelsey does when they go back to where they were, spent a lot of years in to see what they can bring and the stories they bring back and the testimonies. I'm excited for that. And then it says, if it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. These are the motivational gifts. So the big question is, is how do we discover our motivation. How, how do we discover it? Well, this, it's a simple question. What motivates you? What are you drawn to? What are you interested in? One of the questions that um, I, I hear a lot when we start talking about gifts is one of those questions. When you talk about motivation, people go, well, how do I know what I'm motivated by? Well, if you look at the things that you do, and if you examine the why behind them, then you will probably be able to identify the one or two things that really motivate you. How many kind of have a general understanding of what motivates them? There you go. There you go. Good. But what's interesting is all of the gifts that we've been talking about, they're wonderful. And they all have a, a place. And some may sound even more important than others, but that's not true. All of these gifts are on an equal plane. And whatever gift God's given you, you use it. And what's cool about it is if you step out and begin to employ that gift for the service of the king, it's interesting how God will turn that up. Will turn that up. And if you just simply say, God, 
I haven't figured this all out, but I'm here. Use me in any way you want. Like John Wimber, I'm just changing his pocket. He can spin me any way he wants. If that's your heart, man, you'll be, God will use you in so many different ways, shapes, or form. So be that person. Be that vessel that just says, I'm willing. Just use me, Father. Don't get locked in on one gift. Someone says, you have the gift of prophecy. Well, I don't, this isn't a moment for prophetic. I, God can't use me in anywhere. You just, you just limited what God can do through you. But if your heart is, I may, I may major in the gift of prophecy, but Father, I'm open to anything you got going. And right now, uh, I think we just need the gift of faith. Or we need a word of wisdom. We don't need a prophetic word. We can see what's going on. We just need to add to it. And God will use you. Amen? One of the other questions I get a lot of times when you're talking about this is I've been asked, what's the difference between my natural strengths or my talents and my spiritual gifts? Are they the same? Are they the same? Do you think they're the same? Your natural talents, your natural strengths, and your spiritual gifts, are they the same? Well, the quick answer is natural strengths or talents and spiritual gifts, they're not the same. And it's important you're able to differentiate between the two. Probably a more complex explanation comes when you compare scripture. And we're going to go here for just a moment. So first of all, I want to compare the terms natural strength versus spiritual gifts. You need to understand that both natural gifts, talents, and spiritual strengths, I believe all of these come from God. Come from God. I have met people in the world that are not believers, that are incredibly gifted people but they're using that gift to serve themselves. This is where it starts getting different. They use that gift to serve themselves. They're not using that gift to serve and bless others. They, are not, they have not become that conduit that the Spirit of God flows through to bless others. They're simply in it for themselves. I believe, too, that every gift that God gives has a positive and a negative attribute to that gift. Take, for instance, an evangelist. I have met many evangelists in my life. One of them was a guy named Mike Becker. The guy, the guy could talk a mailbox into coming into Jesus, into the kingdom. The guy was amazing. But I asked him one time, I said, have you always been like this? He goes, oh, yeah. He said, I used to be a salesman. I said, what did you sell? He said, I sold some of the first copy machines after the ditto machines. I sold copy machines when they first came out, and I sold millions of them. Do you see the gift? He was able to employ that gift to talk someone into buying something they probably didn't need. But then when he became a man of God, when he came to Jesus in that moment, he realized that he'd been using that gift for all the wrong reasons. Now he took that same passion and applied the scriptures to it and began to lead people into the kingdom. The guy was a phenomenal evangelist, phenomenal. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We're talking about natural strengths versus spiritual gifts. Now let's just take a, a, a look at natural gifts kind of by rough definition. Natural strengths and talents, wow. They're just that, they're natural. A lot of them can be attributed to innate genetic material that may exist Within all of us, it's passed down from generation to generation. 
A lot of you know what I'm talking about. There's family resemblance. There's things in our family that gets passed down. Natural strengths are unique to you. They are the way the manner I wrote here. Even they are the way your way or your manner. That some even refer to your strengths as your personality. It's just kind of how you're wired. You guys follow what I'm saying? Okay. And then when you look at spiritual gifts, on the other hand, the spiritual gifts come directly from the Spirit of God. And that's why they're called gifts. They're given by God. Spiritual gifts are those special abilities given to you by God with the express purpose of building up the church and building up others' faith. That's what spiritual gifts are for. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 reminds us, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So God gives us spiritual gifts. They manifest in a way that brings a common good together. Does that make sense? I, I know this is getting kind of heady for a moment, but I, I have to go here because I think you guys need to understand this. So you can think of the difference between the two like this. Natural strengths are the how. It's how you're wired to carry out your tasks. Every one of us are wired different. If, if I, uh, I love this in students. If I was out in one of the portable rooms in Bible class or something and I asked a student to take a note to the office, I could tell you which student would make a beeline and go straight there. Then I could tell you which other student would still get to the same point, but their direction would be like, they'd go up the stairs, they may go into another class, they may go see their mom who might be a teacher, they, might, they will eventually get there. And some might not come back. We all tend to carry out the tasks that's put in front of us a little different, right? We do. Spiritual gifts are the what. So if natural strengths are the how, spiritual gifts are the what. It's what tasks are what movement God wants to carry out through us to others, okay? It's, it's really that simple. So let's do a comparison of natural strengths and spiritual gifts, from the scriptures. This is kind of fun for a moment. It's quite simple. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4, 5, and 6. We're going to look at those really quick. 4, 5, and 6. 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> I believe that this is part of a key passage that addresses natural and spiritual gifts directly. Okay? Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Verse 6, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Okay? At first glance, at first glance, you look at this, you might think this passage describes only spiritual gifts, but it doesn't. When you read it carefully, you can see how Paul's making this distinction between a gift or gifts, service, and verse 6, working. He's making a difference here. He's actually, this going a little deeper here. Verse 4 references different kinds of gifts. He's talking about the spiritual gifts that God gives. Verse 5 speaks about different kinds of service. These are the positions, the roles, how we carry out service to the body of Christ. It's the where you minister from position. Okay? And then verse 6 refers to different kinds of working. That's the manner of strength that you carry out the task. It's the how you carry out the task that God has given you to do. Okay? So when you compare these verses in the Bible, 
but you compare them in different translations, this is where it gets fun to me. How many of you study the Word of God and you use different translations? I love it. Thank you. I love it. When you do that, man, you get a more thorough understanding of the difference between, in this case, natural strengths and spiritual gifts. Don't be afraid to break open the parallel Bibles and look at the same passage in different language, okay? The content is the same, but how it's broken down, whether it's the Greek or the Hebrew, whatever they use to translate that word out, it's powerful when you put the three together. So, here we go. A scriptural comparison of spiritual gifts. We're going to look at just verse 4. We'll go quick over this. And you're going to see how three different translations refers to and distinguishes spiritual gifts. So, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, out of the NIV says, different kinds of gifts. This really refers to a variety of abilities, a variety of abilities that God has given Christians, that he's given all of us, okay? In the Amplified, that same scripture reads, extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls. I love the Amplified. It really breaks it wide open. And this explains that spiritual gifts are really unusual abilities, and they're given by God to certain individuals for certain reasons. Amen? Amen. And then here's the ASV, which is the American Standard Version. It says diversity of gifts. That's what it calls it. It says diversity of gifts. And this implies that spiritual gifts are really wide, and they're far-ranging. It's interesting, when you start looking at it, one particular scripture and you break it down and you begin to look at it through the lens of different translations, same scripture, same content, but the, the meaning really begins to expand and unfold before your eyes. So let's look at verse 6, because verse 4 and verse 6 to me really talk about, one talks about the spiritual gifts, verse 6 really to me uncovers and speaks more about the depth of natural strengths or talents. NIV, different kinds of workings. We read that. It means various approaches, again, that people take when they're faced with a task or a problem or even an issue. They're all going to handle it a little bit different. How many know that to be true? Yeah, if you're asked someone to do a project for you, five different people, they're probably going to do it eight different ways. <laughs> That's just how we operate. And every one of them thinks the way that they're doing it is the way that it should be done. That's just how it works. The Amplified, it's distinct, distinctive varieties of operations. This indicates that each person's approach is unique and one of a kind. And a lot of times, this is where, when we're trying to work together in unity, this is where we have to be humble and be willing to serve one another and be open to maybe their idea is a little better than what I'm thinking or I'm doing. That's hard to do sometimes, but it's important that we listen to each other. In the Message Bible, it says God's various expressions. Wow. It shows us that each person's uniqueness is an expression of, of only one of the facets of God's many personalities. So, to, let's get out of the boredom here for a moment. So, the conclusion that we can draw from these parallels is this. When we're talking about gifts, listen, is that a spiritual gift is an expression of faith which aims to strengthen another person's faith. That's a spiritual gift. Again, again, a spiritual gift is an expression of faith 
which aims to strengthen someone else's faith. And it's activated from faith in us that aims for faith in another. You ever been around someone who has an incredible amount of faith? What does that do to your faith? It lifts it. You ever been around someone who has an anointing just in whatever you can think of, and you're around that person and it increases something in you? It bolsters your faith. You could put it another way, and I wrote, a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively in word or deed for the strengthening of someone else's faith. So if you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, whether they're ministering gifts, motivational gifts, or they're manifestations of the Spirit in, in the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, whatever that may be, if they're flowing through you for the sole purpose of strengthening those around you, including yourself, you're on track. You're on track. It's helpful, guys, to think about spiritual gifts in this way because it keeps us from simply equating them with natural abilities. And I'm telling you, again, there are many unbelievers that I've met that have incredible, incredible natural abilities. Even in teaching, I've known some really good teachers that weren't believers not about teaching the word of Jesus, but just could teach subjects. They were amazing. My uncle was one of them. He was multilingual. His ability to recall and to go, he was amazing at how he could expound on a truth and, and, and how he could organize his thoughts. And, I mean, he really had a gift, and he was a scoutmaster. He was, traveled the world and brought scouting to different parts of the world in amazing ways because he loved to teach and he loved to impart that knowledge and those skill sets to another people group. He loved it. He was all over South America. And he just loved doing that. That was his passion. But again, even these natural talents that I've watched unbelievers have, I believe they're given by God. They may not know it. They may not even want to know it. They may not recognize it. But when they do, that negative attribute that may be happening, if they're doing it for themselves, gets flip-flopped, and they begin to do it for the kingdom. I read, I wrote here, but these abilities would not be called spiritual gifts because they are not expressions of faith and they are not aiming to strengthen faith. If what is flowing through you is raising people's faith, you're operating in the spirit. It's true. But if what you're doing isn't and you're doing it for yourself, that's not spiritual and that's not a spiritual gift. Our faith in the promises of God is the one channel. It's the conduit through which the Spirit flows on His way to strengthening faith in others. You want to be used by God? Become that conduit. Become the channel that God flows through. Galatians, 5 reminds, uh, Galatians 3, 5 reminds us. So again, I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work of miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing in what you heard? When we allow the Spirit of God to flow through us to others, it lifts their faith as well. There's a synergy that happens. It's like during worship, when all of you are worshiping the Lord, and if you ever stand and just watch everybody worship, you see this synergy. Something is increasing in all of us, and it just takes it to a whole nother level. That's what ministering in the body of Christ is all about. When you stand next to people, you let the gift of God flow through you, whatever that may be, and you're helping them become the very best that they can be as well. That's exciting to me. 
I wrote here also, just kind of finishing up, I said, no matter what abilities or talents we have, if we're not relying on God and we're not aiming to help others rely on Him, then our ability is not a spiritual gift. It's not a spiritual gift, I wrote, because the Holy Spirit is not flowing through us from faith to faith. That you have to check your heart in. But let's put all of this aside for a moment, and I want to finish out with this. Paul says in the very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, at the very end, he gets down to the meat of it. He says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. You should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. If you want to be operating, if you want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and all that, look for the ones that help the most, okay? But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Paul goes into this amazing expression of who God is and how God is love. Guys, there's coming a day when all of the gifts, all of the stuff that God has given to the church is gonna be slid off the table and there's only gonna be one thing left. Let me just read a little of this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, Paul says, and didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. So what motivates you? Do you love people like God loves people? My cry in my heart for young people is that they would fall in love with the things that God loves. And I know that God loves people. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I share this a lot in a marriage ceremony. Love is patient and kind. Love is never jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. Oh, man. Okay. We got to go back and reverse the tape on that one keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Then he goes, prophecy and speaking in unknown language and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Guys, there's coming a day when all of the gifts are gonna be slid off the table. They will be, and love will be what's left. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only the part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, come on, Jesus, these partial things will become useless. Three things will last forever, forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So really, above all else, above all the gifts, our motivation should be seeking a heart of love for others. And out of that place, the gifts will be built on a solid foundation. You guys have so much in you that you're not aware of. There's so much gifting in this room. You're just not aware of it. Some of you may see glimmers of it. And some of you may have it dialed in. But I'm looking forward for some activation next week when Mark and Julie come and and, and I really in my spirit believe that something's gonna happen, but here's the key. 
And this is where I'll take a little prophetic spin for a moment. Psalms 24, or Psalms 27, 14. Turn there really quick with me. Psalms 27, 14. In our microwavable society, this is one of the hardest things for a lot of us to do, and that is to be patient. It's like, hurry up, I'm praying for you, get healed. I got a, I got a, I got some squid lips I need to barbecue in 30 minutes, so let's hurry up and get this done. Or let's hurry up, let's, 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 let's hurry up and read our devotion this morning so we can get to the mall. I mean, let's, let's hurry. Man, I, I, it cracks me up because I just don't see patience in people like my grandmother used to, she could take a piece of candy and savor it for like three hours. And she taught me a word, you need to learn to enjoy it. It's like grandma, the only way, and my grandmother was the only mother I ever knew in my life, and she was the bomb. She was amazing. And she would give me a piece of candy, cheating it. Now you sit there, in fact, let's take a knife and we'll cut it into quarters. It's like grandma, I just want to gobble that thing down and go ride my bicycle. I'll, I'll enjoy it faster. And she'd say, no, 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 no. And she would slowly take a piece, so in my face, and just, she put her lips on it, and she'd go, yeah, it's chocolate. Mm, it's so good. And I'm like, ah! It's like giving a dog a dog treat, and you're laying in front of me, don't eat it, and the dog's like, mm, mm, about ready to have a seizure on you. But listen, Psalms 27, 14, wait on the Lord. This is something we're so bad at that we need to get better at. Wait on the Lord. Are you kidding me? Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The challenge is, is waiting on the Lord involves this, this confident expectation of a positive result in which we're placing our hope. The problem is, is we're having a hard time putting confidence, and it's going to happen because time's ticking by, and I got to get somewhere. I got things I got to do. But I really believe that if we wait upon the Lord, that God is going to do something next week. And it could happen this week to you, but with great expectation, let's just wait on the Lord to see what he does with the very thing that he's placed in us uniquely to expand the kingdom. Does that make sense? Let's stand. <clears throat> I hope I didn't bog your minds down with too much scripture and stuff. I, I don't go there that often, but it's important that we do our due diligence when we're expounding on things that we think we know about and we need to have a better and deeper understanding about. And the word's the only way to do that and breaking it down. But, and I just, uh, with great expectation, I'm excited for what the future has. And I know that God has placed in every one of you gifts. I can walk around this room and I can see on you some of the gifts that God has placed in you. My heart is I want to see it come out, but it's like a chicken and an egg. If you break that little chick out, it doesn't stand a very good survival rate. And if I run up to you and go, come on, in Jesus' name, that gift, you're going to spin on me or something weird. And I want to see you find your gift at the right moment, right place and space and time because you'll own it. You'll own it. And I've watched some of you come into that place and space with your gifting and, and you own it. It's amazing to watch. And I don't have to sit there and prod you and poke you and 
holler at you or yell at you. You just do it. But so many more of you are coming into place of leadership. You're coming into all these incredible roles of just taking serving to another level. And again, none of these are better than others. They're all there. And if God has given you a gift of serving and and you're looking around going, I don't want to serve. I want to be that person. Stop it. Whatever God's assigned you, do it with all your heart and God will He will give you more. It's kind of like the story of the talents in Matthew, man. What God's given you, God wants to see an increase in it. He does. And as you pour yourself into it, he gives more. He's the giver of all that. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I just thank you for this amazing tribe. I thank you for what you're doing in all of our hearts. And, Father, I just pray that this week we would put on the ability to be able to just wait, to wait on you with great expectation, God, that that from this day forward, you're gonna begin to do exciting and new things in us as you call out and point out the gifts that you've given us. Father, I know that when you formed and fashioned us before we even were in our mother's womb, God, that in that mix, you place gifts. I believe that with all my heart. And Father, it's time for those gifts to arise. It's time for us to become that expression of Christ in this valley and beyond that you're calling us to be, God. And Father, I pray above all that you would teach us how to love. Uh, Even those people around us that are the hardest to love, God, show us how to love them. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Max, I'd like you to come up here if you would. And <clears throat> Am I in trouble? No. No, you're not in trouble. You guys love this brother. Amen. Just quickly, I, I'm always looking for God to highlight people and stuff to me. And, and recently, God's really been highlighting me because... You are the comeback kid. And, and I know that you went through a season that was rough and, and just trying to figure all this out without blowing everybody out and without yelling at the world, although you may have done that in a quiet, silent place. I don't know, but <clears throat> you're an amazing brother, and we need that gift to operate into flow here that God has in you, and you know what I'm talking about. So I would like you to pray over us that others too would come back to that moment where they would begin to come back to their first love, right? That doesn't work, you're gonna have to, you might have to unhook that off my back there. It's off the wire. I did not see that coming. Yeah, honestly, uh, I've been shaken pretty severely over the last year, two years, and uh, questioning a lot about what God has called me to and what he wants me to do in my giftings and callings. And uh, 
I know that the prophetic resides in me, and lately I've been feeling like the reluctant prophet. But I know that's in me, and I can't get away from it. Am I there? Yeah. So, you haven't seen much of me up here uh, in the last year or so, and that's on purpose because I've just been trying to figure things out. <laughs> but I'm kind of like Jonah. He's not going to let me run away. And I feel like a little bit I'm down in a fish's belly right now. And Doug is kind of making that fish spit me back up on the shore. <laughs> Doggone it. Doug called me out many years ago and said, you have a prophetic bent, and I call you out to live it. <laughs> and uh, it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> but I think God wants to call out a lot of you right now, right here, right now. Whatever your gifting is, the beauty of the prophetic gifting is it calls out what's in others. It's not looking to display itself. The fact that I think maybe I have a prophetic bent is not for me to tote that gift and say, look at me. Matter of fact, right now I kind of despise it. That's honesty. God shared a word with me many years ago and said the gifts of the Spirit are not a privilege to own, but a burden to bear. I hated that word. But here we are. So I'm just going to pray and I'm going to ask God to fall on you and to touch those spots deep in your heart and your mind that you know God has been pricking at. You know God has put a little spark there and sometimes it doesn't seem like anything significant, but it won't go away. So I call that out right now in the name of Jesus. I call out those sparks that are hidden deep within you that you know that you know there's something there in the name of Jesus. And I encourage you to embrace it. Take the first step to lay a hold of it and embrace it. And I do ask, Lord, that you disgrace these people Grace them to recognize those sparks that you put within them, that fire that burns in them that won't go away. And they don't know what to do with it. But I pray, God, that you would just give them the ability to see that that's your gift. And I call it out right now. I call it out in the name of Jesus. And every one of you. Sometimes I get really uh, weary about the future and thinking how dark it's going to be, and then God reminds me and says, oh, no, it's going to be much brighter than you know. Don't look at what the news is telling. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm saying. So it is a time to stand up, to buck up, to rise up, to lay hold of what God wants to do. And I just speak that over you in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless his people. I pray, God, as they go and celebrate Mother's Day today, 
it would just be invigorating. I pray your blessing again on every mom that has raised up children and uh, is raising up children. God, that you'd bless them and fill them up and restore them, refresh them, renew them. And I pray as we celebrate them this morning, today, God, that they be they glorify you with their lives. We glorify you with our lives and all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, are we taking up chairs? Pick up the chairs, please. We'd appreciate that. Try 